Good evening. Today is January 22nd, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Step 8, and our speaker tonight is Ore. Thank you, Ori. Take it away. And Ori, how would you like your time? All right, there we go. Uh, um, I guess like uh, just 19 and 1. Um, my name is Ori, and I'm a compulsive reader. And um, I am I'm just over... Uh, seven years and six months, seven years, seven and a half years of current uh, sobriety, food sobriety. And uh, I'm down uh, between 235 and 245 or 240, 235 and 245 pounds. I haven't weighed in a long time. Um, and this program. You know, living 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 a sober life can be like sometimes it can be just downright uncomfortable. Like very, very uncomfortable. And this you know, it's just in my prep for step eight. Um some of the things that came up, um you know, this question of like, where have I been at fault? What damage have I caused? In the, uh, in the A12 and 12, like one of the goals is developing the best possible relations with every human being I know. Like that, that's actually from the A12 and 12. And learning how to live in uh, the greatest peace, partnership and brotherhood with all men and women. If like in this idea of fitting myself to be of maximum service to others, you know, and initially I thought like, I thought just eight was just making a list, right? You just made, we made the list in inventory, but um, something that I was, I was taught was step eight. And possibly the reason why I was separated out was well, step eight is another moment of reflection. In the AA 12 and 12, they talk about redoubling our efforts um, in a drastic self, like the, the, the self-appraisal continues, right? Like what, how did I impact others in my life? And what kind of energy or how did my energy or what did my energy inspire in others? Uh, you know, one of the lines here, they talk about harm can be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. And 
you know, I don't know if I could, you know, my, if like, if I could like being able to honestly appraise my relationships with others, I think for me, it helped to be, to have distance from the food and, and not using and, and, and like, I see why taking the steps out of, like, you just can't take the steps out of context because like, I, I wasn't, I, I was no, you know, I, I, there's no way I could be willing to do this, you know, when I'm at a step three level or step like, no, it's, it's, there's so much work that has to happen before this. And then there's this work of re-examining my relationship with others. Like what were my motives and in, 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 in intentions here? What were my motives and actions? And taking the time to to look at those act to look at those relationships and look all around those relationships and see, you know, how did I show up? And you know, a lot of my relationships or how I related to others um, was driven by fear. You know, and also, you know, taking the time to look at these things, it it all it also gives me insight into like just how this disease has warped my ability to form and sustain relationships. Well, for me, it just prevented, it prevented my, like, I don't even know if I, like, it took me till year maybe four or five to where I really got a clear picture of how I'm, I just don't have the skill set to form or maintain relationships. Like, I didn't even hear that until year five maintain relationships oh relationships you have to put effort into i just let people come to me and if you know if our communication stopped oh that's just the way of the world oh i didn't know that i have to nurture relationships i didn't know that you know oh if you well first off awakening to the to the reality that i value people Right. Like, oh, that person I value. I, I didn't I couldn't even admit that to myself. Because that felt weak. That felt oh, I can't be needy. I can't depend upon other people. Like, see, now we're getting into. When they talk about root and branch, the root of. My ills in. The, the the malformed relationship the person malformed personal relationship like uh part of me the need to keep the world at a distance you know I still have this fantasy that being alone is better that I just want to be alone I still have this diluted thinking 
And a lot of, you know, and going back to a, a, a lot of the way that I de deal, you know, operated in relationships was it was all judo. It was all judo to keep, keep, keep you, keep, okay, keep, oh, hey, hey, oh, don't press too, don't, 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 you know. And the disease, you know, being 485 pounds really helped with that and keeping the world at a distance physically too. And, you know, in AA, you know, alcoholics, from what I've observed, they have a lot of acting out behaviors, you know, and, and for me, um, in my inventory, like, I think it was my third inventory this time, it was, I had to identify my acting in behaviors, all those judo tactics that I have that aren't as visible, but they're just as damaging. You know, I'm I'm a black belt level withdrawer. I can I can I can act in and withdraw from people emotionally, and I can hide behind an internal wall and never connect with someone, and never expose my inner my inner life. And never develop an intimate connection. And we can be in the same physical space. Or, you know, another way that I create internal distance and, you know, that, in, that fault finding and criticizing, being overly critical. What kind of energy did that create in my relationships? When people felt like they had to walk on eggshells around me. When, you know, my ability my or my inability to show affection and to provide compliments and, um, right, like those things. Or what about, what about my constant brooding, my constant brooding and turning inward and just ruminating on the self-loathing. What kind of energy did that create in my relationships? Or, you know, you know, friends would friends would say um, it was pointed out to me, and I've known this too. Like, people would invite me to parties, right? And this is a this is a joking thing, but it it, it actually today I, I had to look at this part of me that um, I'm a ghoster. Like I, I prided myself on when people would invite me to parties, I just slip out the back door when I was ready. I didn't acknowledge anybody. I didn't tell like people would look up like, where's Ori? And you know, this is that's but this is how it was in my relationships. One day I just ghost. And everybody's like, where's Ori?
What about my constant irritability? How did that impact others? What about me being, what about my impatience with others? What about, um, you know, this, this excessive demand that others meet my needs? What about, you know, how consumed I was by my disease and, you know, and I talk about this a lot where I just told my family not to contact me for special functions or anything. And I thought I wasn't harming anybody because I was just staying home. But that's a harm. I didn't show up for my niece's, you know, graduation. I didn't show up for celebrations and parties. That's harming the family unit. And I think, you know, I have this, like there's, and, and like I, going back to that fantasy of being alone um, and this delusional thinking that I'm better off alone. There's also the part of me Or and I think this is God. I think this is God. Like no, like no, that's not how I want you to be. I don't like. God has given me gifts to be a part of. Like God has given me too many gifts to be a part of, and I just want to remove myself off of the chess table. Like, I just want to take my ball and go home and hide under the house. And that's what that's how that's what my disease allowed me to do. My disease allowed me to take my ball and go home and not be a participant in life. That's how it served me. One of the ways. Because I learned early that life can be disappointing. Life can be hurtful. It can be painful. And I just wanted to avoid that. I wanted to control that. I'm a black belt level avoider. You know... It's taken me this long to realize, like, and I'm I'm saying this was just this is just within year seven, where I realized, like, what? Oh, just because things get tough doesn't mean that that's not God's will for me, like. I really was convinced that, oh, if things are tough, that means it's not God's will. And, and I'm starting to learn, like, not necessarily. Like, sometimes 
things are tough and God gives me the courage to walk through that and grow and learn in the pain. Like it doesn't mean give up. And this expectation that everything's going to be easy. Relationships. Oh, that. Oh, my God. That's that's one that really blew my mind that I can love someone. And be hurt by them. Or I hurt them. And we can repair that and move forward in a relationship. I had a moment. It was last year where my sister thoroughly disappointed me and I had to learn this lesson. And I wanted to cancel my sister. And it had to be it had to be in this relationship because this this lesson had to come because I love my sister. Like, I mean, that's one she's up there with the biggest loves of my life. And she has radically supported me throughout all my existence. And she's embodies unconditional love. When I've been at my lowest, and here it is, I had a moment where I wanted to cancel her because she hurt me so bad. She disappointed me. And that moment, I took that to God because I was out of, I was out of my mind. I was, I didn't know how to get over this moment. And I was given the ability to see, oh, it's okay. People will disappoint you. People will hurt you. Just like I disappointed people. Just like I've hurt people. And they can love you and you can love them in spite of that and move forward and grow. Like that blew my mind. Like this, this term I've heard for years, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I think I'm getting better. I think I'm a better brother. I'm pretty sure I'm a better brother, um, a better son. I know I'm a definitely, a, I, I became a better employee, a better, better worker. Um, I'm working on, I'm, I'm, I'm light years from where I was in my last relationship. I'm a, I think I'm a better boyfriend, but um, my lady may say something different today, but yeah, I'm, I'm struggling today with it, but I think I'm better in that area. I think I'm getting better. Um, so yeah, that's what step eight represents to me is um, just taking out the magnifying glass and, and doing a closer inspection. And it's a fine line, you know, because doing because I can't use that as an opportunity to bludgeon myself either, right? So 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 having have so a level of humility one minute or like only God can give me the humility and that and and as I've gotten as I continue to grow up like the humility is increased where I can say oh yeah that can that can I can grow in that way but hey I've grown like I've progressed
and still keep the magnifying glass out, but put it put it back when when it you know it's like okay, because I can try to optimize the shit out of me too, and I think that is a lack of humility as well. Um, I think all this, I like it's all for God, and. becoming a better instrument of grace. And I, I, I hope I'm getting better than that. Um, and I hope I kept it to my experience versus my, like, cause I've been focusing on that, like, giving you my experience more than my thought of program, but the actual real world experience of how I live it. So um, thank you for letting me talk. Laura, thank you so much. Uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, Please raise your virtual hand, which is under the reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order, and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Hmm. Amy. Thank you, Amy B. Compulsive Overeater, uh, recovered. Good to see you all tonight. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Lane. Thank you, Betty, for timing. Everybody for being here and reading. And Ore, thank you so much for your service tonight, for communicating your, um, for being a vessel for your experience in this step. And you said at the beginning that step eight is a moment for reflection. And you gave us your reflections. And I... Um, I heard so much wonderful stuff. I'm switching back to the window where I took the notes. Um, being a Oh, first of all, I appreciate you saying being able to honestly appraise my relationships with others. I had to have distance from the food. I, I, when I am in my substance, I, um, I'm avoiding honesty. Um, so yeah, honestly appraise. I just really love that. Some, uh, One of the things that you said right there at the end, um, I want to become a better instrument of grace and pairing that up with like, sometimes, you know, God's will for me might not, I'm paraphrasing, might not be comfortable or whatever, but that teaches me empathy and pause and the need for reflection and um, yeah, God is everything or God is nothing. So um, I was very moved tonight. Thank you for uh, showing up and sharing your heart, honestly, and your service uh, tonight. Thanks everybody. Good to see you all. I'm looking forward to what everybody has to say. Thanks, Amy. Sally. Hi everybody. I'm a food addict. My name is Sally. Um, Or thank you so, Ore, so thank you so much. Um, 
you know, I like the fact that you're able to come here and say, you know, there's there's pain in recovery, even when the food's down. And that's that's my experience, you know. Um, this program requires a complete change, and that just doesn't happen through osmosis. It, for me, it's looking at my false perceptions and how I think life should be and all that I do to try to make life be that way and have you be a certain way so then I can be okay. That's that's a lot of, a lot of stuff to unravel. And so um, I have to keep reminding myself, you know, I did that third step and I, I gave my will and my life to God and God is everything or God is nothing. So when crap hits the fan, you know, I want to right away, I want to go to that place is what did I do wrong? And then I stop and I say, no, God, what, what are you, what are you trying to teach me? What layer am I ready to look at? And, and it's, and it's painful stuff. So I have to trust that, um, there's there's a beautiful blessing in whatever heartache comes my way if I can really ask God to be able to see this differently. Um, I was big in throwing people away if they didn't do what I did. And what I like about um, what I got to do in my in my fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh step was just. Um, they had me thinking about my relationship ideals, you know, and working towards them because I can, you know, my, a lot of my last amends were, was really a change in behavior. I'd been around, been around for a while. So I didn't have a whole lot of toes that I stepped on or money. I stopped stealing money years ago, but just my attitude around family members and my judgment about the world and to really write out what my, relationship ideal is with people and situations and pray for the willingness to move towards that. And when I miss it and I fall on my face to not berate myself, to know that I'll keep getting opportunities to learn and become this, um, to be able to see the precious child of God that I am, that we all are. So really good to hear you. I really appreciate you, your humility and your honesty. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Jill? Hi, everyone. I'm Jill Compulsive Eater in California. Hey, Ori. This is about the, I think, the third time I've heard you share. I'm looking for you. Where? There you are. Hello. Um, yeah, you're making me think a lot tonight about um, what you were saying about harming the family unit. I work really hard. Uh-oh, I think we have a... Um, I think we have someone who's okay. I got him. He's gone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, thanks, Amy. Um, Harming the family unit. I have a question for you on that because there's been so much in my life. I've talked about this a little bit here before where I have a mom. She's mentally ill and had a lot of abuse that came at me and just really feeling like you know taking it and taking it and taking it and taking it and last year I was like I don't want to do that anymore you know I I don't want to take that anymore it felt toxic it felt it didn't bring me closer to God 
dealing with it. So I guess my question for you, and you reminded me a little bit when you were talking about your sister, like with my mom, I didn't intend to stop talking to her, but I did. And I blocked her and I've ghosted her since April. And I really don't know what to do with that. After listening to you, I kind of had an opening and really a lot of uncomfortable thoughts. So if you could speak to that, I guess self-love versus not harming the family unit and really like being open to people, but without, I guess, boundaries, without letting that impact yourself. I hope that makes sense. Thank you. Really happy to hear you share tonight. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think I don't think there's um so I'm gonna stick to my experience with my mom. Um I went through a phase where um you know I tried to radically love her, you know, and just try to be loving in all my actions, you know, and try to be a different son, you know. Then I went through a phase where I just couldn't talk to her. And then, you know, I went through a phase where it was a middle ground, you know, and I've done inventory after inventory. That's why, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, this is not, it's not scripted, you know, it, it's, it's a dynamic thing and it's between you, your relationship with your higher power and, and now I'm pretty neutral on her. Um, I just wanted to be free of the just the, the visceral anger. Like I just wanted that to disappear. Um, and then I moved into a place maybe, maybe of acceptance, maybe my relation, maybe my relationship with her is never gonna look like, you know, what I've seen my my friends' relationship with their mothers look like. And, you know, so I've gone through all these different phases and I, I just, I say, just live, live out loud with it, continue to do your inventories and your prayer and, and move through those changes, whatever it is. Yeah. Thank you, Aura. Um, Aura, uh, Anne? Hi, my name is Anne. I am a compulsive reader. Or I thank you so much. Um, you gave me a lot of room for thought um, when you shared. And, um, you know, it's not all just about cleaning up the wreckage of the past, but taking my current relationships and really examining those and seeing where I stand with those and the people that... Um, you know, are in my life today. And um, I have to admit that there's room for growth on my part. So I really appreciate you making me think about that part. And um, it's going to take me some um, some work. And I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity to listen to what you had to say and to be open um, to look at that. Um, thank you so much for your share. That's all I have. Thank you, Anne. Yvonne. Hello, everybody. My name is Yvonne A, and I'm a compulsive overeater in BC, Canada. 
Um, ore. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Food for thought. Um, life for me right now, um, it has got some very tough pieces. And one of the things that, um, you reminded me of, um, I wrote down when you said, I can't be needy and I can't depend on other people. And, um, so I've been kind of falling back into that old, um, facade, the fake, you know, I'm okay, everything's fine, I can deal with this, because I don't want to necessarily let people in, I don't want to feel needy. Um, and yet, I come and I hear what you have to say. And I realize that when I'm not finding the right people, so I, I don't want to be a burden to the people who are also having a tough time. But there I have a whole family in this fellowship that Uh, can help me. And I'm holding back from those relationships. And that was just such a great reminder of those false beliefs that I that I have in my head, that if I depend on somebody, somehow I'm not strong enough, I'm not good enough. Um, and yeah, life is painful. Life is painful. And um, part of not letting people in is that avoiding. I don't have to, I don't have to be all emotional and blubbery in front of other people if I can just avoid dealing with the situation. And so uh, today was the first time that I actually kind of talked to a close fellow and let somebody else in. And it's okay. Like it feels good. It feels good to be a part of something rather than to forcing myself onto the outside of the outside of the circle. Um, you know, I never thought that my compulsive overeating damaged anybody. It wasn't until I came into this program that I realized I had built a wall around me so high and so thick that people just couldn't make connections with me. I was completely unavailable to have any kind of meaningful relationship with. And one of the beautiful gifts in this program is that those walls come down and we are able to connect um, with other people. And we are able to share life's awesome times, but we're also able to share life's tough times too. Thank you for reminding me that that's so important for us to do. And that we can show up in our relationships in all different kinds of ways. And that's okay. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Yvonne. Um, Carla, and then we'll ask the Zoom host to um, uh, stop the recording. Carla? Thanks so much, Leslie. Thank you, everyone who's doing service and welcome home, everybody. Um, Ori, I know what I'm going to be taking into my meditation for the next few days acting in. I haven't heard that. And um, and really, um, so many of the things that you mentioned about acting in uh, were a mirror for me. Um, I haven't shared this before, but it really brought this up to me when you were sharing. Um, my husband passed nine years ago, and before he passed, we had been married 30 years. And because of his background and his profession, we had to stay very isolated as a family, uh, away from other people. And I don't know how to be a friend anymore. Um, I don't know how to have relationships anymore. I wasn't 
um, allowed to have those for so many years. And I'm a very type A person. <laughs> I love people. Um, but I don't know how to have relationships anymore. I don't know how to be a friend. Um, I know how to distance people. <laughs> I know how to shut down conversations when people want to know personal things about my life. Um, I know all of that kind of kind of behavior. Um, what I've learned in program um, and working with so many people um, and people giving to me is that being authentic um, is very challenging when you're accustomed to having to live in a facade and living distant from people. And then the pandemic, you know, just enhanced that. <laughs> and I've still lived that way. And here a month ago, um, I had a loving family, mine, invite me to move in with them. And it scared me to death. Um, I thought, how on earth? Number one, how am I going to be around normal people who eat foods that I can't eat? So, of course, that was my first concern because I'm a self-centered, self-absorbed addict. And then the second one was, how do I live with people again? Um, I've been alone for nine years and liked it. Liked it a lot. Um, I had no idea how lonely I was until I got here. Um, and I came home last weekend um, on the plane, and I love the Bay Area of California. I'm from Amarillo, Texas, but I love this area. And as I was coming into the lights, I got so emotional thinking about my son's going to pick me up at the airport and he's not going to drop me off at my apartment for me to be alone. I'm coming home to family. Y'all, this program is teaching me how to be a family member. Um, step eight, that acting in. Um, I'm so glad you brought that tonight. Um, I've had a very challenging 24 hours with a sponsee. And, um, and during that, to see that um, I have uh, a resentment I had to take care of. So anyway. Um, story for another day. Thanks so much, Ori, and thank y'all so much for being here. Welcome home, everybody. Thanks, Carl.